Well, it's time for praises, so let's just get on with it. That's their one right there. That Dylan is here today. Man, you haven't been back here in a long time. Josh, what's your praise? Uh, we had a really great men's team uh, yesterday, and one of the fellas has been coming. Uh, Canyon supposed to be coming to church today. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I was thinking about you, but it was a day that I needed to stay put. Yeah, <laughs> Who else? Bob. Uh, yesterday, first Saturday, at the, the men's uh, prayer and worship. Oh, so you made it, huh? Yes, and, right. and I was I was blessed. I said, Bob, take my place. You didn't find a job. Okay. Good deal. So, but uh, I uh, I received blessing upon blessing, and is uh, I was. Uh, celebrating the Lord's Supper today, I thought of all the times to my shame that I did not come and I engineered it and I worked my way out of it and thought how foolish I was to miss an opportunity to celebrate God's gift. Yeah. Yeah, remembering the Lord's death is... uh... Of all the things that we do, he remembers everything. I just can't help but feel in my spirit that this one is one of great value, tremendous value. I could be wrong, but I was once, but it's been so long I can't remember. All right, who else? Christine. So uh, we had, of course, a family day, basically Wednesday and Thursday. We got to do it two days in a row. Um, spent time with Josh. And then yesterday, of course, he had men's team. And so the kids and I went and did a few errands to get ready to go have some more quality time together Monday and Tuesday before they head out to Grandma and Grandpa's. Um, but we got to spend time with church family yesterday for birthday party. We planned some more outings with church family for the kids and stuff like that and it's just it's so nice to be able to surround yourself with people that have the same values and their kids have the same values and amen just that fellowship is amazing that's a huge praise because it's hard to find yes amen Amen. well my arm probably gets along with my shoulder better than anybody else's (laughs) arm gets along with my shoulder (laughs) When you're members of the same body, there's a spell fellowship that's like no other. Amen. Amen. All right, who else? Praises. My praises. I'm going to Arkansas this week to visit my sister. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. And I just open pray that everything goes well. Cool. Now, the last time I was going to take a flight, it didn't work out very well. So I'm well, expecting this one to work the way it should. <laughs> well, that's we make our plans, and then the Lord changes them to whatever He thinks He wants. Eva, what's your praise? My praise is that my grandson chose to come to church with me today. Amen. 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 He could have been anywhere else. That's right. He chose to come with me, and I'm just so happy. Amen. Lisa? 
um, uh, praise that Justin just texted and uh, who? Justin. Yeah. Yeah. He said when day quill wore off, this was really hard. Um, the boys had it too. That will be nice. So far, Naomi's good, and he asked specifically for prayer for Naomi that God spares her from getting this because of her. Yeah. Okay. Amen. Sherry. Praise God for a good day yesterday with my grandchildren at the water park. Mm -hmm. It was so wore out last night that it, I couldn't hardly keep them awake until <laughs> 8 o'clock. <laughs> it was like, no, not yet. <laughs> pretty good. Who else? There was another hand up, but I didn't. But was it Megan? Um, no, no, but I will. <laughs> um, praise for we had a really good birthday party for Alex, and that uh, people from church came. And then another praise, um, Ioni, Teddy's teacher, is going to attend um, the sermon today, so I'm going to go pick her up. Yeah, and then she's bringing her three kids here. So and she doesn't she doesn't have a home church. So nice. Yeah. Amen. She she will. Yeah. <laughs> That'll work, Lisa. Uh, if anybody hasn't said it yet, Glenda's planning to be here today, and Emily and Courtney are coming. Wonderful. And she did invite Paul and Kaylin. She said she doesn't know if they're coming or not, but she's hopeful. All right. Cool. Y'all don't hug her. Don't anybody hug her, please. That's a handy bit of information. Yeah. Thanks. Huh? That's a handy bit of information. She has three cracked ribs. She's in a lot of pain, so nobody. And she's going to try. It's like eight to twelve weeks to re for them to grow back together and not have pain. Yeah. So she did say now she understands the stabbing with knives pain I get from certain chemicals. Yeah. Because she has it in her back. Pain. Pain is painful. Who else? Christy. So this is kind of like, I don't know, it's a little odd, but I've been starting a journey of sourdough to kind of change some things that are, you know, what we're eating in the house. So I've been baking three starters for two weeks now. And yesterday, the kids and I made our first loaf of sourdough. And it baked and everything was great. It was a little dense, but... It came up perfect, so now I know that we can make sourdough, and I have a starter to share with the other girls. So, small things. Small things. Jerry, okay. what's your praise, bud? I got there, and she's still sleeping. <laughs> Jerry, was it you? Yeah, I, I, I was going to just praise the Lord. I had a better week than what I thought I was going to have. I've been having terrible weeks lately. So it's better, better, better than what I thought I had. Praise the Lord. Okay, anybody else? Clarissa. I got to the gym this weekend for the first time since October, and it's a big deal for me. So. To the gym? Yeah. All right. Yeah, so it felt good. Okay, good. And I want to praise God we found a like, really cool new spot. Uh, camping the, spot. Yeah, camping spot. Yeah. Camping and activities, and it's close to here, and so we're just really looking forward to good. really diving in and seeing Getting all out more? there is. That's it. Go ahead. Go, keep going. Keep going. Well, I, I want to praise God because I'm, I'm seeing so much more of my church family. And, like, we had a birthday party, and, I, like, our whole church family was, I, I walk in, and I'm like, okay, hi, hi, hi. Like, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I had ugly mugs, the same thing. Like, it's just, like, 
it's cool to see our my family outside of church. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Anybody else? Josh, go ahead. Praise the Lord for all these apparent new people who are supposed to be coming today. There's a lot of new people mentioned. Yeah. We'll, so see, we'll see who makes it. And uh, but, uh, but you've done your job, so it's in the Lord's hands now, right? Amen. 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 All right. Well, let's get to work. We've been talking about the baptism with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Ghost. Well, we're going to go to John chapter 1, verse 33 first. That's where we're, we're going to jump off from there into a bunch of other things. Today we're going to be learning about something you probably won't have any interest in at all, but it's really important that you understand and know it. Because it will keep you from making some really terrible mistakes later. John said, when they came to ask him why he was baptizing people, while he was dipping people in the water. We still do that, by the way. Later this morning, we're going to dip Eva. <laughs> Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. They wanted to know why. And John said that he bare record saying, verse 32, he said, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a, a dove, and it abode on him. And him is Jesus, verse 29. The same said unto me, he said, he said, and I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, uh, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending, and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Now, there were a couple of guys there when John saw Jesus coming. And uh, one of them was uh, Andrew. And the other one uh, was... Uh, Let's see, who was the other one? Well, let's just keep reading and we'll see. We'll read. It's right here. He says, again, the next day after, John stood and two of his disciples. Whose disciples? John. John's disciples. Yeah. And looking come on Jesus as he walked, he saith, behold, the Lamb of God. Now, he had said that the day before. Now, he's next day, he's pointed out again. Uh, and the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto him, What seek ye? And they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to be interpreted master, where dwellest thou? <laughs> it's, do you ever see in your mind real life situations when you read your Bible? I mean, John said, This is the Lamb of God. And Jesus was walking by. And so what did they do? They just followed him. <laughs> and Jesus turned around and said, what do y'all want? <laughs> where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where are you going? Yeah, I mean, what seek you? I mean, it, you, we do stuff like that. I mean, we follow if that happens. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, we would. And, and they said, well, uh, Rabbi which is, they called him Master. 
rabbi means master to them in Hebrew. He says to them, come and see. Don't you just think that's cool? I don't know why it just strikes me as being cool. Jesus, we see Jesus as, you know, he's on his white throne. He's a judge of all. He's the creator. He spoke the world into existence and the universe with it. And here he is. He's walking by. John's there, there at the Jordan River where John's baptizing. There's two John's followers standing there with him. And he said, behold, what's behold mean? He said, look, guys. Yeah, you know he's pointing or he's motioning or something. He's pointing them out. Though, you know, behold, the Lamb of God. Did they know what the Lamb of God was? Oh, yeah, they knew. They've been to Passover after Passover ever since they were little bitty babies. They were, and he said, uh, what do you want? And they said, uh, where do you live? And they came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day. Where it was about 10, 10th hour, 10 o'clock in the morning. They get to where Jesus was living, whatever house it was. And they stayed all day long. And one of the two which heard John speak followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. The first findeth his own brother and saith unto him, Now Andrew found Peter, his brother, and said unto him, uh, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted to Christ. My third son is named Andrew. I named him Andrew. Matter of fact, except for the first one, I named all my boys after men in the Bible because I wanted them to live up to those names. And I named him Andrew because Andrew brings people to Jesus. That's what he did. That's what he went and found Peter and he brought him to Jesus. And uh, I named him that and I'm thinking of the Lord. Lord, make this one somebody who brings people to Jesus. And he found his brother, Simon, and saith unto him, We found the Messiah, which is being interpreted as Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. There it is right there. Wouldn't you like for one of your kids to live up to that? And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas which is by interpretation a stone. That's your new that's your new title, boy. I want to know what my new name my new name is. <laughs> he renamed a lot of people. <laughs> he, he did. He renamed a lot of people. Abraham, Jacob, me, you. <laughs> Now, the day following, this is day three now, Jesus would go forth into Galilee. Now, he's down near Jericho by the Jordan River. Where's Galilee from there? Galilee is about 80, 100 miles north. It's not a lightweight journey, but that's where they're going. He would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, 
Follow me. Jesus said that to a lot of people, didn't he? One of them said, uh, let me go bury my dad first. Jesus said, let the dad bury the dead. Follow me. That's how he feels about excuses. Yeah. And now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Well, they were young Christians. They didn't know a lot yet. Was Jesus the son of Joseph? No. Well, he was, they knew him by. He was stepson, but yeah, they they didn't know any different. And by the way, Nathaniel is uh, my youngest son is named for Nathaniel. We call him Nathan. He goes by Nate. And they they said, "Hey, Nate, we found him." And Nathaniel said unto him, Can there anything, any good thing come out of Nazareth? Nazareth wasn't a place known for good people or good things. Uh, Philip saith saith unto him, Come see. Philip's a smart guy. He said, Yeah, come. Come find out yourself. Come see. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith, Behold, an Israelite indeed is in whom is no guile. Now, Nathanael must have been a a man of integrity. Had to be. Jesus knew his heart, commented on it. And Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? From where do you know me? Whence is from where? Jesus answered and said unto him, before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Now, was Jesus around when Nathaniel was under this fig, fig tree? No, he wasn't. And Nathaniel answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he saith unto him, Verily I say unto you hereafter, you shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Now I don't know where in the Bible, as far as I know, I don't have a record in the scriptures of that happening. Either it did or it's going to, one or the other. I do know that that when Jesus was praying in the garden, an angel descended from heaven and strengthened the Lord so that he could go, endure the anguish that he was already experiencing. He's in the garden praying and he's bleeding from the pores of his skin. Great drops of blood falling down to the ground is what the scripture said. And an angel came and strengthened him. We'll, we'll go on from that another day, but uh, we're going to go back to verse 33 now. John said, this one will baptize with the Holy Ghost. Did everybody that was there experience this 
Holy Spirit baptism. This scripture and the scripture in Acts chapter 1, I've dealt with a lot of people who did not believe what the Bible teaches about the Holy Spirit. There are certain things that are worded certain ways, and you've heard me teach you before, and you've seen it for yourself in Scripture, that words matter. I mean, they matter, big time. It says, of Jesus, the same as he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And that baptism with the Holy Ghost is spoken of many times in Scripture. We'll read from Acts chapter 1 and 2 here in a little bit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there is one Scripture in the Bible, only one, that appears to say that the Holy Spirit baptizes believers. And that scripture, I'll read it. It says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. I said appears to say that. Is Jesus baptizing with the Spirit the same as you being baptized by the Spirit? Does that reconcile as similar to you somehow? No. So, what's the difference? The Holy Spirit doesn't baptize anybody. Well, that's true. The Holy Spirit doesn't. But it says here in verse 13 that by one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body. We know what the one body is. It says so right here in the context. It's It's the church. Baptism into the church is is taught in Romans. It's taught in Acts. It's taught all over the place in the New Testament. When Eva comes up out of the water later this morning, or it may be after lunch, I don't know. We'll see how time time works. But when she comes up out of the water, she's going to be a member of Lighthouse Baptist Church. She's already a member of God's family. But she's then going to now going to be a member of this church, baptized into one body. As far as I know, we can let her stand there in the water for a long time waiting on the Spirit of God to do it, or I could do it. I'm the one that's authorized by the church to do it. And by the way, men, any one of you men could be authorized to do the baptizing. Jesus never baptized anybody, but the disciples baptized a whole bunch of people. If that doesn't agree with Scripture everywhere, then it's got to be something about it we don't understand. And that something is taught earlier in the scripture that the Holy Spirit leads us to do many things. One is to tell people about Jesus. And it says specifically that no one speaking by the Spirit of God. How, How do I speak by the Spirit of God? Does the Spirit of God move my jaw and vocal cords and that, physically making me speak? Is that how it works? If I'm speaking by the Spirit of God, I'm speaking according to the influence of the Spirit of God. Who wrote the Bible? Spirit of God. 
So when I preach the word, am I speaking by the Spirit of God? Yeah. That's exactly what it's talking about. So that's that one scripture that that seems to hang everybody up. Is it that the scripture is hanging them up, or is it that their lack of study hanging them up? Lack of study. I mean, you said it. You said it just before. Yeah. Is the explanation, which is normally. So this is. It's one thing to know what this actually is and what it's not. It's a really good thing to understand that. Uh, who would be baptized by the by Jesus in or with the Holy Spirit? It happens. The church. The church. It's Acts chapter one. How many of them was? How many was in that church? We don't know exactly. You know why? Because the scripture said it was about 120. Could have been 121. Might have been 119. I don't know. But it was about 120. It's what it says here in Acts chapter 1. What was it for? Why did Jesus baptize his church in the Spirit? What was it for? Power. It was for power. It was for power. But ye shall receive, this is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You shall receive power, and this is the dunamis word, the, the ability to get it done, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And the sentence has got a colon there, so it's going to, it's going to add pieces to the puzzle. And here's what, here's what it says the power is for. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Verse 5 said, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And Jesus was with the church physically, a month and 10 days after he rose from the dead, 40 days. The 50th day past the Passover has a special name. What's it called? Anybody know? Why do they call the building in Washington, D.C. the Pentagon? Pentecost. Huh? Pentecost. Yeah, Pentecost. It has five sides. The Pentagon has five sides. Pentecost has five ten-day periods. That's literally the word, Pentecost. Fifty. Uh, on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, here's how, here's how it goes down. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. I don't know what the house was. It was big enough for 120 people. I know where the house is that Jesus assembled the, the apostles for the final Passover where he instituted the Lord's Supper. 
This is on the day that he went out from there to the garden where he was arrested and taken into custody and when the torture began. It says back here in verse number 13, they, when they were come in, well, let me, go, let me read back a little bit. Uh, this is uh, after Jesus told them that this baptism was coming. It says, when he had spoken these things, this is verse 9, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. That had to be cool. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. It says, Then they returned unto Jerusalem from the mount which is called Olivet, Mount of Olives. Do you know where it is? Outside the east gate. It's outside the east gate. Here's Jerusalem, the city sitting here. Here's the east gate. You go down about uh, maybe... 60 yards, 50, 60 yards, and there's a brook. It's called Kidron. And you go back up a little bit, and right here is the Garden of Gethsemane, which is straight across from the East Gate. And then you go keep going up, and that mount, mount right there, a hill, it's not really a mountain like you'd call a mountain, but it's a mount, it's a hill, and it's the Mount of Olives, or Olivet. It's called. It says, Then they returned unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. It's that short little distance that they were allowed by the law to, to go on, to travel on the Sabbath day. Because you're not supposed to travel on the Sabbath day. Sabbath day's journey is just a little ways. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James. I think, I can't prove it, but just from looking at where they were and where they came back to, this is, it went into an upper room. This sounds like the same room where they had observed the Passover. It's the right distance. And I know that it's big enough for 120 people. How do I know that? We went there. We've been there. And it's big enough for 120 people. And I'm curious, we went, was that the Mount of Olives? It was... A place where there was olive trees. There was a Catholic church right across the street. Was that the Mount of Olives? All right. You remember when our tour bus first came into Jerusalem? Because we'd been up in Galilee, uh, up there by the Sea of Galilee, and, and looking at all kinds of stuff. And when they brought us, when the bus came into Jerusalem, it wound in through some hills. 
and they stop the bus on the side of the road, and straight across from us is the, the Temple Mount, the big golden dome that the Muslims have in their temple up there. Do you remember that? Yes. That was the Mount of Olives where the bus stopped. Okay, so where? Wasn't very far. It was just right there. So where, what? What I'm thinking, what we were seeing that where the olive trees were, that was not the Mount of Olives. Well, there were olive trees all over that area. This was like it was roped off or marked off. You couldn't go out there because people had gone out there. And well, that was the Garden of Gethsemane, I think, what you're talking about, okay. which is right down there at the bottom of that hill. Okay. Uh, Gethsemane, what do they grow in the Garden of Gethsemane? Olives. Olive tree. <laughs> Matter of fact, there is, there is one olive tree in the Garden of Gethsemane, still there, that is so old okay. yeah, that it's dated that it, it was in the garden standing when Jesus prayed in the garden yeah. with the disciple, and it's still there. Olive trees are, are strange trees. They don't, they don't grow like other trees. Uh, Did it take 100 years from the start of producing olives? Well, I, I couldn't speak to that exactly, but it takes a long time. But anyway, this baptism took place in that upper room. Whether it's the same upper room, I can't promise. But it's roughly in the same area, for sure. And all these were there. And these can all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. And in those days, Peter stood up. So he was, Peter's basically kind of leading a group at this point. What's the difference in prayer and supplication? Praying for other people, right? Not necessarily. I'm going to be talking today about principles of prayer. If you're going to live your life as a Christian, you need to know about prayer and how it works. And you should know the difference between prayer and supplication. It's pretty simple. Isn't it like prayer. Asking for stuff. Huh? Isn't it like asking for stuff or? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Prayer. Is supplication prayer? Yeah, it is. Is prayer supplication? Maybe, maybe not. <coughs> prayer is a general term that that is talking it's talking about any communication between you and God. Supplication is specifically asking for stuff, whatever it may be, for other people, for yourself, whatever. <coughs> prayer and supplication. And they were doing this together. Are there any promises or comments from in the Bible about praying together? Where two or more gathered. Where two or three of you are gathered together and shall ask anything, as it's touching anything that you shall ask, it shall be done of my Father which is in heaven. Tremendous promise about that. Those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said... And here's a parenthesis, a parenthetical statement in the middle of a scripture, always really important. The number of names together were about 120. 
and then he goes on with that. But the power for the church to accomplish taking the Bible, taking the gospel, taking the word of God all the way to the end of the world, uttermost part of the earth, he said. Jesus told the church he would be with us all the way, even to the end of the world. Is Jesus here? Yes, yes he is. He's in, in the form of the, the Spirit of God. Uh, he, he's kept that promise. He's given us a power that's passed down. No church that came from the original church. How do churches come from other churches? They're born out of it. Like, well, they're born out of it, yes, but... Uh, the work that's needed, or the need that... This is not something that we're told in the Bible to do specifically. But a church, the Bible says that of missionaries, of men that were sent out to start other churches, that they were brought on their way by the church. They're supported. They're, the Lord, before he empowered them with the ability to do this, he, he gave them the authority to do this. And he never gave authority to do this to any other people, only the church. And the reason we know it's the church and not the individual Christians. See, individual Christians are always trying to take that power upon themselves. Well, I have the power to do I'm an authority because I'm a Christian. No, you're not. The Lord put the authority in the church, the, the body. Huh? It's quite the opposite when you're separated from the church as a Christian. Yeah. And these these other men were many of the churches in Galatia were started by these men that it talks about later here in Acts and the fact that they were brought on their way by the church. They were given the authority. They were given the support. They had what they needed, and they went out as representatives of the church. Go ahead. I think that's the cool thing about. <coughs> The missions conference that we go to every year is yeah. you get to see, you know, the the it's, work that's being done by the churches of like. Yeah, you get to see how you get to yeah. see it how, how it's actually working yeah. and in practice. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, and it began with the Lord Himself. It didn't it, it? Didn't begin by by, by a, a missions board somewhere. Yeah. It didn't come about by Southern Baptist Convention or some other extra church group but the power the power is specifically for and only people that have it on the planet are real churches real churches uh, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation can people who aren't a part of a real church share the gospel with somebody and they get saved mm -hmm. yeah, if they understand it does that happen much? Not as much as you'd think with all the people that are out there claiming to be sharing it. What they mostly accomplish is confusion. But anyway, we won't get into that and it's not our job to judge them anyway. What our job is is to be a witness like we were told that the power of the Spirit would enable us to be 